guys. Welcome back to another episode of In No Hurry. I'm your host, Cole Douglas Claiborne. Happy to be back with you guys again this week for another episode. Every Thursday in April, I'm going to be featuring an athlete who has had their career or season impacted by the coronavirus. As most of you guys know, I used to be a sports journalist and am now a high school tennis coach. And on top of that, I'm just a huge sports fan. So I have a soft spot for all of these athletes who have had their seasons or careers impacted by what is going on. And I really wanted to share their Christ-centered outlook on what is happening. My guest this week is Oklahoma University softball player Shannon Sale. And I got a chance to talk to Shannon a few weeks ago for a story that I was doing for Sports Spectrum. And she had just gotten baptized. And shortly after that was when she was notified that the softball season was going to be postponed. And this was supposed to be her senior year. And so at the time, she didn't know if she would get to play another game with her teammates. And since we've talked, the NCAA has actually granted another year of eligibility for spring sports athletes who missed their season because of the coronavirus, which is something that we talked about in this conversation quite a bit because that decision had not been made yet. But she is going to be able to come back and play, but nonetheless, she is unable to be with her teammates and unable to be at school. And it's just been a big deal for a lot of athletes to have their seasons cut short. And for some people, their season or career is now over. And for me, uh, for instance, my coaching career at the high school that I was at is now over because this was going to be my last season and our season was canceled. So there's a lot of people who have had uh, what things that they love taken away from them and it was nothing that they could do about it. And so I wanted to have Shannon on here because I wanted her to be able to share her outlook on this because I think it's so relevant to any time that we go through disappointments. She basically said... Her identity is not in softball, it is in Christ. And if she doesn't play another game of softball again, she'll still be fine because that's not where she finds her identity. And so she gets to explain that kind of in her own words in this conversation. And I just really enjoyed talking to her about the process of her getting baptized. And then she also talks about how right away she was tested. And so I think this is just a great conversation that even if you're not a sports fan, I hope you're going to get something out of it. So here's my conversation with Oklahoma University softball player, Shannon Sale. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for joining the show. I was glad to get a chance to talk to you last week. And you had just a great perspective, I think, on everything that's going on in the world. And you're an athlete at Oklahoma University, you're a softball player, and your season was interrupted by everything that's going on with the coronavirus. I mean, what was your initial reaction to all that when you found out that your season was going to be suspended and then ultimately postponed I guess has, I guess it's been completely canceled at this point so I guess walk me through the range of emotions that you felt as that news came out well when well first thank you for having me um but I first found out at our softball locker room like we were about to have practice type thing and then we were like, oh, we're not going to play this weekend. We had a scheduled tournament against like Houston Baptist. And then a bunch of teams started dropping out. So then it was supposed to be a three-way series with Houston. And then all of a sudden, they're like, okay, it's canceled this weekend. And they were like, okay. And then all of a sudden, it's postponed. And then sus- season's suspended. And then season's canceled. Like all literally within, I think, three hours of being there. And I like someone told me it and we were stretching we we're doing a group stretch I was like you're lying like I was like you're kidding like you're joking like you're not being serious and she's like 
Shannon, I'm serious. Like, look at this tweet. They tweeted stuff out before they even told us. So we were like, oh, wow. Like, our coaches found out through Twitter. Every Like, everyone in our school found out through Twitter. So we were just, like, in complete shock. I think at first I was like, what? Like, I didn't believe it. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, it felt surreal because usually things like this, you hear about it from your coaches. But we found out through Twitter. And um, Coach Casso came up to me, and she's like, I know you guys probably have a lot of questions. She's like, but don't worry. It's all going to work out. And the night before, I got baptized with two of my other teammates, Taylor and Milana. And she's like, in my mind, like, nothing can – nothing this year can be more – like be more heartwarming to me like the fact that you guys went out that way last night was so heartwarming I'm gonna like remember that for the rest of my life she's like that's one of the best moments of my life to see you guys that happened to you guys and then the next day we're tested with this huge like it felt like my heart sank like I was like whoa I put everything I had into my senior year but then I remembered that this isn't who I am, you know, it doesn't define me, it's not, like, this is serious, they wouldn't be canceling NBA, they wouldn't be canceling NCAA, they wouldn't be canceling March Madness, they wouldn't be canceling all those things if it wasn't so serious, so I think for a while, like, for a few days, I was just in shock, like, I didn't really start to believe it was real until I started my online classes today, like, it was, like, weird, I was, like, uh, I'm watching a lecture online. <laughs> this is odd. And, you know, our coaches sending us videos of them all the time, just like, hey guys, we miss you. We're six feet away, but we're having a <laughs> meeting about you guys. You know, we'll keep you updated. We'll keep you guys in the loop. We're still, the team is still communicating back and forth. So, like, those are like my family. Like, I'm really close with those girls, really close to the coaches, you know feels like a family was like ripped apart and that's honestly like the number one thing I miss is like the connection with those people because playing softball with them was really fun and I think that's what made it so hard is like all of a sudden it's like halted it went from okay maybe to no like you're not playing and I was just like wow and then I was like wow that's my senior year <laughs> hopefully they give us another year and then you know, I think the NCAA, a lot of people are being out there saying, oh, this, I need a senior, I need my senior year, like, this isn't fair, like, being really negative about it, and, like, I'm yeah. just, like, it's, I don't want to be that person, I don't want to be the person that's, like, oh, give me my senior year back, I want to be the person that people can feel, like, hope and love and faith from, like, seeing that, okay, she's, she has faith in the process, she has faith, and she is hopeful that this is going to work out. Like, cause I have hundred percent, hundred percent faith this is going to work out and I know it will in whatever way God wants it to work out. And it's, it's not up to me. And that's why it's so easy right now is cause I know it's not up to me and all I can control is how I look at it. And for a while before I got baptized or before I really started looking into religion and like practicing, like, like reading the Bible and everything, I was like, I would have been so negative about this mm -hmm. and now it makes it so much easier to know that my future is in God's hands and I I can't try to make a different outcome I can't be spreading negative things about this because this is affecting real people's lives right. it's affecting a lot of countries and it's very sad and I'd rather be someone that 
people can look to for hope. People can talk to me about like, why am I so hopeful? Why am I so like, I want people to look at me and feel love. I don't want people to look at me and feel like, oh, she's so resentful right now. Like I have trust and faith in this entire process. So yeah, you said a ton of really good stuff there. And there's so many, so much of that, that I do want to unpack, but you said something that I was going to ask you about later and we might as well talk about it now, but (laughs) as a coach, the thing that's hurting me the most and we talked about it before we started recording is that I don't get to be around my team like it's like that like like we were supposed to have our first practice on March 16th and it just hit me like I may never get to coach this group of girls again and I Mm -hmm. I mean I start crying my wife came home from work and I just started crying and I was like I it had not hit me until now and that has been the hardest thing for me is just not being around the team and you mentioned how close you guys are as a team and obviously your your team has a has a strong faith foundation and i think that starts mm-hmm. with your coach and you've got a lot of great teammates that really you can look up to how hard has that been to to not be with those girls and be with your team throughout all this and i think i've heard people say it like you know you there's a lot of comparisons of you know our economy right now to what we went through in world war 2 mm-hmm. well the difference is that in world war 2 we were able to come together as a country and in a lot of ways we're being told literally we have to be apart because yeah. of this virus. And so it makes it even harder. Now we can FaceTime and do Zoom calls and text and all that to, to stay in communication. But there's really nothing like being together as a team. I guess for people that are listening that have maybe never played a sport or have never been you know, on a tight-knit team like that, maybe can you describe just what that emotion is like and how difficult that can be to, to go through that as somebody on a tight-knit team like that? So... Um... You know, I'll start off from like playing in high school. I mean, those are your, you're around your family and your friends all day, but you don't know where you're going to be in four years and you're going to be in separate, con- separate states, you know, separate countries. You might be, I don't know. But the team aspect of like college athletics is so different because that is like, if you think of like sorority or fraternity, if you're not an athlete, but like that's like your brotherhood and your sisterhood. You're very close to those people. You both love the same things. Like, you are practicing what you love together and you have that relationship of, okay, she's going through weights too. She's going through all this hard academics. And then, you know, she's going through hard practices and we're all in the same boat and that just automatically brings you together. And then outside of softball, we are able to have such a great relationship because coach recruits is what she tells us. And I a hundred percent believe it. She says she recruits the person as well as the athlete. And she's recruited a bunch of girls that honestly, we truthfully get along very well, which is hard to hear. Sometimes like girls usually fight and bicker and Mm -hmm. it's just, that's just women. That's just female sports, but we get along really well. And those girls were my friends at college. Like when you're an athlete, those are your group of friends. It's the other athletes or people on your team. And then our coaches make it very obvious that they love us like family. We have family dinners at their houses. We, I got baptized at coach's house. We go on dates where we go to the theater and we watch a play together and then we go out to eat and then that's it. Like a 20 person date, but it's so much fun. And it makes us feel closer than just softball. And, you know, our team has Bible studies um, every week. We have um, chapels on Sundays because when you're playing sports, you know, Sunday you have a tournament. You can't really make it to church, but we have chapel right there. It's provided for us. We grow together in all these senses, like locker room talks. Like it's just so much fun with these girls. And like you really, when you have it taken away from you, you feel like 
okay, where's my friends? <laughs> it's all, it's a lot like losing your family yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. And they call um, the Sooner Sisterhood. Like, that's it goes all the way back until first team. Like, Coach Lombardi's a, sis, a Sooner sister. She played for OU. And it's, like, we know we can talk to her because she's a Sooner sister. And that's just how it is. But it's really weird being away from my best friends. And we all, like, pretty much live close to each other. And it's just a lot of fun. It's just really sad. <laughs> but... I can't explain it other than just like it's your family's gone and you want it back. Yeah. But you don't know when you're going to get it back. So you can only FaceTime and it's not the same because the connections aren't there. Like we can't play softball. We can't just throw. We can't just hit. We can't just meet up at the locker room and then go to the indoor and hit. Like, yeah. It's really just, yeah. My cat. I'm surprised mine are not scratching at the door. So yeah, he's uh, like just. I was like, "What are you doing?" But you, you, you mentioned obviously that the week that all this news came out, you got baptized, and that's mm-hmm. ultimately how I got in touch with you because I was doing a story about that for Sports Spectrum, and that was a, a lot of like you mentioned earlier. There's a a wide range of emotions there because you go from the euphoria of giving your life to Christ and getting baptized, and then the next day you find out this crushing news, and then mm-hmm. as it sets in, it's almost like at first you're kind of blinded by the shock of that, that you're just kind of like, wait, what? Like that really happened? Cause I'll be honest, I was not really feeling the effects of all of these cancellations until what was supposed to be our first tennis practice, because that to me, it was like, okay, I'm now feeling like I've finally have missed out on something. Like I, obviously I wanted to, I wanted to watch the tournament. I, I was excited about baseball, but there was something different about how like not everybody now everybody's missing out on something right now. So there's like, mm-hmm. not to say that like I'm reveling in that, but it does give you a little sense of comfort that like, we're all kind of going through this together. Yeah. But like, you know, for you, not very many people have the experience of playing for the Oklahoma softball team. For mm-hmm. me, like there's not many people that have the experience of getting to be on this tennis team that I coach. And it's like, those are experiences that are unique to me that I'm missing out on that some, but everybody else has their own story that they're missing out on. So it really, for me, it was like a week later that I finally started to feel it. So for you, I mean, how has that looked when you look at it through the lens of your faith, where at first you're kind of shocked by it, and then you kind of start to not believe it, and then mm-hmm. you, I'm sure you kind of go through the five stages of grief a little bit, where you're kind mm-hmm. of like angry at some point, and then you kind of have to accept it. And, you know, I guess, how has, how has that looked for you whenever you look at it through the lens of your faith and trying to keep the focus of I don't want to be negative, but like you mentioned earlier, I want to be positive and I want to still praise God, even though I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like all about like being a Christian. Like you go through those, like you go through stages of like, just like a hard core, just something at your core just hurts. And you just are just looking to Jesus for answers. And then you feel like you're not getting them. And then you like start to like have those doubts. And then that's when I decided to get baptized a little bit later is like, I a hundred percent trust. I hundred percent believe I hundred percent want to give my life and my anxieties and my fears and my successes all to him. And through this process, it's been easy because of that very, I remember after I got baptized, um, she, uh, someone came up to me and she was like, you're going to get tested. You just got baptized. You're going to get tested right away. Like, that's just how it works. And I immediately like next day that we found out 
this. And I was like, I'm going to still get all, give all the glory to him, you know, everything to him, because why, like, why would I sit here and, you know, just get baptized and, you know, say, I give my life to you. And then all of a sudden I, I stopped believing in him because something like this happens. Like I trust in him every single day, every single time something bad happens, every single time something great happens. It's, that's what makes it so easy right now is because I'm able to get closer to God in this time. And I think a lot of people are forgetting um, that he gives us enough to live, enough to do anything we want and we can give the glory to him. I just heard this really good sermon and he was talking about how um, they were in the wilderness for 40 years, but they could have gotten out of it in two weeks, but their feet never got injured. They never went hungry. And, like, I feel guilty almost, like, missing softball because I'm, like, I can't miss it. Like, I have enough to live. I haven't, like, I need to focus on him right now. And I think that's what's kind of been cool is I've been able to grow my faith during this time. Um, you know, I have nothing to do all day, and I'm able to read the Bible more. I'm able to write more notes. I'm able to just listen to more faith-based music, and I don't have the distractions like I used to because – as much as you don't want to say distractions, you do. Like softball is oh, yeah. a distraction. Oh, like yeah. softball's a distraction. School's a distraction. Um, so many things are distractions. And I think this is like a blessing in disguise as much as it is like to a lot of people hurting them. And it's of course it's hurting me because I miss softball, but like I'm also seeing this as a blessing as like, okay, he is a hundred percent my value, my hundred percent he defines me, like I cannot be sitting here thinking that softball is who defines me. Softball is what keeps me going because he's what keeps me going. And that's what's so easy about being able to keep going, like realizing there is going to be a turn. Like there's nothing that I can fear because he has me and he has, he's like, don't look behind, just keep going. And I think that's what's been so easy about this whole process and the day before getting baptized. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's ultimately, I'm so glad you said that because ultimately that was my hope too, was that people would realize Christians and non-Christians that, you know, we distract, actually this is a direct quote. Are you familiar with John Mark Comer? He's a Christian author. So so there were, um, there were um, about, I've talked about this quite a bit on this podcast because it kind of goes along with the theme of this podcast, but Um, And I've had some authors that have written books kind of around the same topic, but there's been a lot of stuff put out lately just about how we're constantly on the go in a hurry, which is kind of how I came up like the name of my podcast is in no hurry. And it's supposed to be about like this idea of like slowing down and chilling, basically like, you know, removing distractions from our life. And one of the lines from John, from John Mark Comer's book is he says, we're distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. And I think it's like, one of the most telling ways to think about how even as Christians, we allow ourselves to just get overtaken by Netflix or like for me, I'm a huge sports fan. Like I love baseball. I was so excited about baseball season starting. I was so excited about my tennis season and kind of like you, this is a side note, but like 10 years ago, I would have been absolutely just destroyed. And it would have been like, Mm -hmm. what am I doing with my life? But now it's kind of like, I'm looking at this as a chance 
to focus on my relationship with God. Like you're, you're talking to me on FaceTime or on Skype, so you can see this behind me. But behind me, I have a, a poster board, and people that have listened to this know that I've been writing a book for about a year and a half, or at least working oh, on a book. Awesome. And I've not finished my book proposal, which is what I've been wanting to do for the last year and a half because I've been too distracted, whether that's with job or, you know, I've allowed myself to be distracted by different things. And now I'm like, I have no distractions unless I create them for myself. And this is a, for me personally, this is a great chance for me to actually finish some things that I wanted to finish, to do some things that I wanted to do. But ultimately it's a chance for me to focus on my relationship with God and use this chance to help people that are in need. And so I just think like, there, there is a level of not that I'm happy this is happening by any means, but there's gotta be a, there's gotta be a way that we as Americans and as a, as a world look at this mm-hmm. and there's find a some silver perspective. lining. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's yeah. gotta be some perspective that we can take out of it, whether mm-hmm. you're somebody of faith or you don't have faith, it's like use this time to, to gain that perspective. And you know, look to help your neighbors. And if you're a Christian, obviously maybe use this to recalibrate. Like for me, it was, I can recalibrate where I put my identity and where I put my joy. And that's why I felt like it was so great. What you said, you were just kind of like, like, I I honestly, whenever I asked you, I didn't know what to expect your answer would be. Obviously I knew that you were a Christian because you've been baptized, but then you said like, my identity is not in softball. And I'm like, you would not hear a lot of college athletes saying that because especially when their season has just been taken away from you and and like you know as at the time of this recording we don't know 100 percent yet what the ncaa is going to do i'm hoping and i think that they will grant senior sport spring sports athletes Mm -hmm. the chance to come back and play next year so i don't think you played your last softball game at oklahoma but even if you have you said look i'm i'm fine i i know where my identity is and Mm -hmm. i don't know like i guess where where did you not a lot of people, even as strong Christians, would have that perspective and be able to have that that foresight. And you just got baptized a couple of weeks ago. I mean, what has your faith journey looked like? Like, where did it begin, and how did it get to, get you to a point where you're able to have that outlook during a time like this? Um, I just like Coach Gasso always reminding us, honestly, that you know your identity is not softball. I don't love you because you're a good softball player. I love you because who you are. And then her just constantly sticking that in your head and then me reading the Bible and listening to people constantly say like, you cannot put your values in anything except Christ because when you're putting your values in things, you're putting your values in things that are like, can be taken away from you instantly. And they're things that aren't what you need in this world. So if I'm putting my value in softball, if I'm putting my value in hanging out with friends, if I'm putting my value in, um, just like doing things that aren't making me a better person or bringing me closer to Christ. So I decided after um, a Sunday chapel, she was talking about how she, it was a sorority girl. So she was telling us about her story and her testimony. And she was like, I was putting my values in being the party girl. I was putting my values in all the wrong things. And then it was just exhausting. Like I felt like that. I was like me putting my value in softball has been exhausting. Like I have a good game if I have a bad game it was just so exhausting Mm -hmm. and I just felt so empty and when I finally was just like well with Jesus I always feel full like why am I not putting my 100% identity into him I feel so much more full lately I feel so much more like I have just a better outlook on things because it removes the pressure from yourself too probably there's no yeah when I'm pitching on the mound now I don't feel this immense amount of pressure that I put on myself last year. I mean, in the years prior and like 
literally the last three years, I wish I've had this perspective because it's been so much easier to go to softball practice and just enjoy what I'm doing because I realize this isn't like I don't have to be here. Christ won't be mad at me if I'm not if I don't want to play softball, but I love it and I'm using the gifts He gave me to put joy in other people's lives. And I feel like very just like a weight lifted off my shoulders and I can just put everything that I do into him and thank him for what he's given me. And I don't have to thank softball for making me who I am because they didn't make me who I am. I can only thank Christ because he's shining through me. And it's just been an easier, you know, someone with anxiety and like someone with, you know, just like softball creates anxiety for a lot of girls. And the sense I've taken my anxiety, like my identity out of softball it's created a lot of less anxiety and it's just been a great transition and I hope that this can help a lot of people yeah I think that's that's a that's a hard thing for athletes to do because from the time you know I I assume you've been playing softball for as long as you can remember and (laughs) you know I mean like the girls that play high level softball at the school that I taught at I mean they're playing travel ball they're playing tons of games all the time and it's very hard whenever you're playing at a high level of a sport to not push your identity in that. I mean, I see this all the time with tennis players because tennis is such an individual sport and a lot of kids, they go to tournaments and if they lose, it's like, I mean, it's very much like a, that person's better than me type of scenario. And it's hard to, to not think like, man, I went over four today. I'm not any good. The next day I went four for four today, man, I'm awesome. And it's really yeah. hard to balance those emotions and I've been guilty of that even as a writer and with this podcast and with anything that I've done where it's like man why did this episode not get as many listens mm-hmm. as I wanted it to or this one got a lot of listens man that was all you know it's it's just it's easy to allow that to get to your head when but it's at the end of the day if you're kind of if you're approaching it with God doesn't care about my performance at all mm-hmm. like he doesn't care about what I'm doing like all he cares about is where my heart is it really, really does change your perspective. It changes your, like you said, your anxiety level. It changes what your expectations of yourself are even, you know, you, you so you transferred from Florida international um, mm-hmm. to Oklahoma and how did, how does you, who you are as a person at Oklahoma compare to what you were like, not necessarily want you to compare, I guess, as your, yourself, but like you, it sounds like you grew up a lot in Oklahoma. I mean, what were some things that I guess, I guess a better way to phrase this is what are some things that you learned at Oklahoma that maybe you didn't know during your time at Florida International? And I guess did that, I guess what led to your decision to want to transfer there? Um, at FIU, I would say I had like this competitor fearlessness about me, like ever since I started playing softball and I wanted to win and be everyone and be the best all the time. And at FIU, I, I just... I wasn't growing as a person and it wasn't the culture I wanted to be a part of anymore. I wanted to grow and I was tired of putting, like I truthfully put my identity in my performance and it weighed heavy on my heart and everything, people's opinions about me, they all mattered to me. Like I, I just was such a head case there. Like I did not understand my worth. I was just like, let, I was like people walk all over me and then I had finally had enough and my mom and my dad were very ex- like they wanted me to leave they wanted me to explore their opportunities and I honestly never believed that like Oklahoma or any other schools like them would be calling me and 
when that was going on, I was still practicing. I had made my decision at this point and I went to church a few times with um, my old, my pitching coach back at home, Casey Clark. And um, I really just fell in love with how, like, I just, I don't know, like, I, I never, I went to Catholic church when I was a little kid, but then I started going to a Christian um, church and it's a lot different, like, it's a lot different and I really fell in love with the Christian church and I kind of as soon as I made my decision to go to Oklahoma um it was like a magnetic force like it felt like something was like calling me to go to Oklahoma um I can't explain it except now I can explain it it was Jesus telling me like this is where you need to be and when I set foot on Oklahoma's campus I was just like wow this the school cares about you in every aspect, spiritually, academic, mentally, physically, like anything. And then like, the, and you're also a really good athlete and we love that about you too. But they put everything before that. And I started to realize my worth wasn't my sport. And, you know, I did, I was good enough to get here, but I also started to realize, let me work on the person I am. I needed to mature 100%. Um, my junior year, I... I just was still like still learning about Christ and still learning about what my walk would be like with him. And then this year um, it it came stronger and just reading the Bible FCAs here and there when I could go um, chapels, church, I would go to, I went to victory, but I also look at life church, um, what they do. And I really like victory family. Um, But I saw um, another day, Pastor Craig from Life Church. Are you familiar with him? Craig Rochelle. Yeah. 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 And he, I watched some of his stuff. And the other day, I saw like the "What are you carrying?" He he had it. coronavirus, I think, actually. Oh, if I remember, really? Yeah, I wow. think if I if I remember right, I think he there was a story about him, him and maybe one of the other associate pastors at that church had it. But wow. Yeah. No. I yeah. I'm very familiar with with Craig yeah, Rochelle. And, like. I just think like the whole state of Oklahoma is filled with amazing pastors that have just impacted my journey and have made it more because I grew up in the Catholic church and that wasn't who I was. Like I didn't, I, I didn't identify with the Catholic church. I, I identify with Christ, you know, whether, whatever religion I am. And I just feel like it connected to me in a sense. And I connected with some pastors. I connected with girls on my team. I connected with um, coach Gasso and, you know, just this year has just been a different, I feel like a different player this year and it's really, it's really easy. And I'd have to say like, that's all because of um, Christ. So. How did that peace of mind of, I guess, and removing that pressure from yourself affect your performance on the field I mean, did you notice maybe a, a, that you were more relaxed or a, just a different player physically because of your new mindset yes yeah, so in the beginning of the year um I felt on fire um and then I started going through like a little bit of a slump and it was like I was walking a lot of people or just not doing a lot of strikes and I was getting so frustrated and then um I did, I read the Bible a little bit more. I started saying, you know what, like, I cannot be like so mad at myself. I, I just need to focus more on Christ right now. Like, I just need to be fearless. And then there's something you just, you know, like sometimes you just hear something or read something and it just clicks. That's yeah. kind of what happened to me. And then 
played so free. Like, I automatically, like, shifted out of what I was feeling. I wasn't up there, like, oh, my gosh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Like, it was more like, I feel like I can I can't. I have him behind me. He's, like, he's on my side. Like, there's really nothing that can get in our way. Like, it's how it felt. Like, you kind of feel like you have someone, like, cheering you on the whole time and where they feel like, it feels like you can just push through anything because, you know, like, what they say is, like, the best way to, um, show faith and show like worship is like by practicing what you do or like practice what you like your abilities and you know practicing softball I'm able to show him like doing it 100% to my ability and 100% to my good attitude level or whatever it's showing like faithfulness to him and obedience to him so mm-hmm. it's been really easy to just want to show that what is your plan once you graduate from Oklahoma? I know that there is there is a professional softball league. I mean, are you hoping to play professional softball, or do you have something else in mind that you want to do once you graduate? Um, well, I actually graduate next spring anyways, so I'll be on campus next year anyways. But once I graduate, I would like to play um, maybe one or two seasons, but I want to go to law school. So okay. hopefully awesome. just a few seasons, maybe abroad. Like I feel like playing in another country would be pretty cool. Oh, I didn't even know they had that. That's cool. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I did. What, there was a, a really good pitcher a few years ago from Western Kentucky that went and played professional softball. I don't remember her name, but I do remember that was the first time that I had heard that there was professional softball, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that there's. I'm glad that any sport you, people can go play professionally because I think it's you know if you're, I, I think there's some sports where you get to the college level and at least until recently you get to the college level and there's not a whole lot more to do after that. So yeah. I, I forget her name, but it was a it was probably before you played a couple of years. But there was a really good pitcher from Western. So, mm-hmm. um, do do you remember Bowling Green at all? Do you guys ever get to? Like, yeah, do you remember- we went there my sophomore year, and they actually beat us the first game to go to the champ- conference championships. Uh-huh. So it was funny. Like they only had to beat us once, and they did, yeah. and it was the first game. So it was. I remember like it being like it reminded me of like every like conference USA town just like yeah right but I, I could see I that yeah remember a little bit <laughs> yeah I could I could see that it's probably just like all the other ones I'm sure like Charlotte and San Antonio Charlotte. and Houston. Yeah. yeah those places are not maybe not yeah is which one's in Houston Old Dominion is that in Houston um they actually don't have a softball team oh they don't okay um, there's San Ant- there's UTSA and then there's UTEP UTEP oh that's got to be such a far trip to go over to UTEP I can't imagine yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so I guess who have been some of your bigger, your biggest mentors on your team then that, I mean, you mentioned some, you know, obviously your head coach and I mean, you got some teammates too, that I'm sure have really poured into you as people and your faith journey. I mean, who, who has been your, uh, your people that you've relied on during this faith journey since you've gotten to Oklahoma? Well, for sure. Um, Shay, she was my roommate last year and she's just always been like a big inspiration to me. And just a really good friend, um, Grace Lyons. She's a really, she, everything about her is just infectious. And it's, I like, I love playing with her and I love just talking to her. We actually read a book together um, called Chase the Lion. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but that's kind of our softball theme this year was Lionhearted. And it came from that book, um, me and her reading it together. Um, but mainly those two girls um on that team and Foley Shay and Foley are really close and they're a lot alike so those two girls have been a huge impact on my life 
These, I think those are the girls that you mentioned. I think those are the girls mm -hmm. that you mentioned whenever I did a story that really, I think, I think I remember those names now. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, and they're not on the team this year. I think they both graduated. Is that correct? Or are they, are they there mm -hmm. still? They, they graduated? Uh, they're, they're uh, fifth years. So they're like volunteer coaches on our team right okay. now. But yeah, they're still around. But okay. I, think, I hope they'll be back next year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you're hoping, I, I, I got to think they're going to give that set that that extra year for the spring sports athletes. I, I think by the time people listen to this, we'll know for sure. But I think it would be a crime if they don't, just because like your eyes, the season had just started, and um, I mean, I I don't know. I, I can't I can't see the NCAA does a lot of stupid things. I think they might actually get this one right, where they actually give the athletes the extra year. So that, I, I'm hoping that actually happens. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a couple questions that I always like to ask people kind of toward the end of the interview but one of them is and this may be pretty obvious at this point but one of them is you know what have you learned about God lately and maybe we could look at the last couple last couple of weeks I guess starting you kind of already touched on it but you know I guess in the last season of your life or the last few weeks or whatever I mean what's one thing that maybe you've learned about God that you didn't know maybe even coming into this year um or several things that you learned about God. It doesn't have to be limited to one. <laughs> it's like, no matter how bad I think my sins are, or how bad I think, or whatever, I, however like bad I feel inside or ever how bad I feel my performances are, that he still loves me. And I think that was so hard for me. I was like, how can he love me? Like, I don't deserve that unconditional love that he gives. And I think that was something that I kept getting filtered into me. And once I finally like wholeheartedly realized it, it was a lot easier because, you know, it's so hard to think like, how can someone so perfect love someone that's like not, and it made me feel a lot at ease and I loved continuously hearing it and continuously like reading it yeah that's you mentioned like you know the, the 40 days thing earlier and people mm -hmm. being lost in the wilderness and and even what you just said about like our performance and that kind of stuff it just seems like like that's been the the messages at our church lately and it just seems like there are a lot of churches that are preaching these same themes right now which i don't think is a coincidence by any means mm -hmm. and you know, our, our 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 pastor here has been talking a lot about that too about how you know your performance like it, he says it in a whole lot better way, but it's essentially, you know, like, like your performance does not exceed the promise of God. And he basically is saying like, God has already promised you. And, he, and I love when pastors really get like, they dig deep into the Greek of the like, the actual language of the Bible. Cause our sermon yesterday was he broke down all sorts of different words in the Greek. And it was like, you know, he's talking about like, when God says this, this is what the, the word actually means. And it's talking about like how, I wish I had my notes, so they're not on me. But um, like he was talking about like, you know, the promise of God, this is what it means. And it means that it's never, ever changing. Like, and he was showing the Greek words and all this kind of stuff. So it's just really cool to see like when God promises you something, like it's it's a promise. And one of the the phrases, I think I, I included this, and I, I think I sent it to you too, but it was that blog post slash podcast episode I did, but it basically was, um, you, you know, gosh, I wish I could think of it all the time, but it's basically like when God makes a promise, like he absolutely is going to do it and he never changes ever with his promises. And so um, I just, I think that theme is, is great. And that's kind of what you're mentioning here too. It's just like your performance doesn't 
it doesn't matter, which I think is a beautiful thing because a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of religions and just the way that the world works. We're so used to our performance equals something, a reward for us or a bad performance results in a punishment for us. And yes, there's punishment for our sins. And, you know, God obviously wants us to behave certain way and, and do certain things for people. And so there's a reward. I mean, there is a reward for those things, but there's also like, we're not going to be stripped of our salvation, which is, I think is a beautiful thing. And there's, there's so much pressure to be relieved whenever you put it that way. So I think it's, it's great yeah. that you said that. Um, the other question that I always like to ask too, so the, the show is called In No Hurry, and we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but what are some things that you like to do? Um, obviously, I, I usually phrase this with the, with the caveat, you know, when life gets crazy, and I kind of have to think of a way to rephrase this now, because for a lot of people, life's just not going to be crazy because everything's slowed down a little bit. But what are some things that you like to do in order to kind of slow down a little bit and just refocus your mind or relax or just kind of pull back from the craziness of life? Um, I actually love to like doodle. <laughs> it's funny, but I love to just look up a, it could be anything. It could be a verse. It could be something I read in a book and I'll doodle it really pretty. And then it makes me feel like I'm slowing life down because I'm having to focus on making my notes really pretty. I also make my notes for class super pretty because it makes them feel like I'm slowing down what they're saying. So it's, something I do um I also I like to just throw a ball against the wall (laughs) (laughs) make it like I'm getting a ball fielded back at me but yeah when life gets fast I usually just like to sit there listen to music any music um doodling is my favorite <laughs> do you follow yeah. Mor- do you follow morgan harper nichols on instagram are you familiar with her at all no so she is uh very 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 popular but she makes these very beautiful they look like watercolor type designs that she puts like phrases or bible verses on mm-hmm. so um definitely more geared toward women but my wife yeah. loves her. So, so you have to look her up morgan harper nichols she's also an author she's got books and stuff but she uh yeah, she does a lot of that too. Like she's she's got like a million Instagram followers, so she, yeah, uh, that's literally like what I do. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's what I do. And I'll just write down like I'll do like one day it's like patience, and I'll write down different verses that relate to patience. And it's I don't know, it's just like it's easy. It's easy and it's mind freeing. So yeah. Yeah, my wife does that sometimes. She's got a lot of artwork on her journal and her, mm-hmm. like, on the side of her Bible and that kind of stuff. I, I'm i not much of a draw, an artist in that sense where I can draw, but I always appreciate people that can think of something and put it on paper and draw it and make it look nice. Because there's a lot of different forms of art, and I appreciate all of them. And I just feel like the people that can draw, I'm, I'm always impressed because she, she's got a friend, her best friend, my wife's best friend is a really, really talented artist, and she can just, like freestyle draw stuff like one time we were just sitting at a coffee shop and she literally just drew all of us sitting around in a little like circle and it it looked like it looked like us and I was like how did you do that in like 15 minutes I would need like five (laughs) weeks to be able to do that so it's just crazy how people can do that impressive yeah well Shannon thank you so much for joining me this was a lot of fun and I really really appreciate your perspective on this craziness that is going on in our world and especially how it's affected something that is so passionate to you and I just appreciate your perspective on you know not letting that be the end of your world like 
so many athletes and other people might might do but you know I, I I wish you the best of luck and I and I'm confident that you're going to be able to play another season of college I think they're going to give that to you guys and I don't know I just I I'm very impressed by you there's not a lot of college students that especially competitive athletes that would have this, that outlook whenever their season gets taken away from them so I appreciate thank that you. Thank, thank you so much for coming on to the show thank you so much for having Well, guys, I'm really impressed by Shannon, and I hope you guys enjoyed hearing her perspective on this because I think no matter what we are going through, no matter how this situation is impacting us, I think her outlook on her own situation is something that we can apply to our very own situation. So really appreciated her opening up and taking the time to share her experiences and just really glad that she'll be able to go back and play next season because I hated it whenever I heard not just for my own athletes but for any athlete who was missing out on being able to play I mean high school athletes for instance I have a lot of seniors that they're just done they're not able to play anymore so it breaks my heart just as a sports fan and as a coach but very glad that there's at least a silver lining that Shannon and other senior athletes currently spring athletes in NCAA will be able to go back and play but make sure that you guys reach out to Shannon I will put her social media links in the show notes as well and also link the article that I wrote about her getting baptized because I think it's awesome Uh, she has a very close relationship with her coach and her teammates as she talked about and was able to uh, grow in her walk with Jesus through that relationship so I think that's awesome but thank you guys so much for listening I know that there's a lot going on in our world right now. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to these episodes and make this a part of your week. Hey, if you like this show, I would love it if you would take the time to go onto Apple Podcasts and just leave a short review and let me know what it is that you like about this show. And what that does is it really helps other people know that this is a show that they should listen to similar to leaving an Amazon review or a review on Goodreads it just really helps and I love hearing what you guys have to say about the show some of you guys have reached out to me directly and I love that I really appreciate you guys listening if you guys need to get in touch with me at all you can email me in no hurry at coleclayborn.com you can also follow me on Cole Claiborne on pretty much any social media platform Also, make sure that you're following the podcast Instagram page. That is In No Hurry Podcast. Love to connect with you guys on any of those channels. But I hope you guys are having a great week. I hope you have a great weekend and a great Easter. I hope you guys are able to spend it with some people that you love. I know that it's going to be a little different this year because we can't go to church and we can't do the things that we normally would do. But nonetheless, I hope that you're able to focus on what the meaning of the weekend and the day actually is. We will be back on Monday with my pastor here in Bowling Green, Greg Farrell. And guys, I cannot tell you how excited I am for this episode. I have been waiting to interview Greg for a long, long time. And I don't think that there's a better time to do that than right now, given what's going on in our world. And I've wanted to have him on right around Easter just to kind of bring a pastoral voice to the mess that's going on in our world right now. So I really, really, really hope that you tune back in on Monday because he is able to provide some biblical context to what we are going through right now. And he is one of the smartest biblical teachers that I have ever met. So I cannot 
emphasize enough how much I hope you come back and listen to that episode on Monday. So have a great weekend, guys. Hope you find some time to relax and not be in a hurry. And we'll see you next week.